Hello, it's Nia and Trent from the Trident Networks Tournament Podcast. We just wanted to pop in and tell you about the Tourney Pod, where each week we pit different pieces of pop culture against each other in a March Madness-style tournament. We try to cover everything, from movies to TV shows to music to random stuff, like our hotly contested best pasta shape bracket. You can listen to the Tournament Podcast and all other Trident Network shows wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll become an attorney at Pod soon enough. And remember, may, may the, the thing, thing with, with the, the most votes win. There is someone. Two legs or four? <laughs> oh, she's very much a woman. From the first time I laid eyes on her, it was as if beauty had a new standard. She sounds... Wonderful. Wonderful and more. So what's happening with you and this wonderful woman? Oh, nothing. We just about to bone at the end of this movie. Hey Val. Hey Al. Welcome to D Commentary. Thank you. Welcome to you and welcome to all of our listeners. Today we're talking about ready to run. This time I'm ready to run. Oh, escape from the city and follow the sun. Cause I wanna be yours. Don't you wanna be mine? I wanna get lost in the dark of the night. That's a One Direction song now. It was lovely. I've never heard it before in my life, and I'm glad. That's for all the 1D fans out there. I'm glad you're back to singing instantly on this Thank show. Thank you. I, I know. I feel like everyone missed it. Yeah. And if I, anyone missed anything about us, it's that. It's definitely Al singing the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm glad we're back on track. Thank you. Yeah. Happy to be here. I'm happy you are here as well. I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy you're here, Val. Well, I think Val and I are already having a lovely time. It's only been five minutes. We're slap happy as hell today. Val, Val is one of the funniest people I've ever met. Oh, shush. Al is one of the funniest people I've ever met. And that's why we do a podcast. It's your two funniest people you've ever heard. Okay, Val, what are we watching today? Wait, we already said that. Tell us about the movie, Val. <laughs> Oh, my God. Tell us. I'm I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Okay. Ready to Run came out July 14th, 2000. So we're still monthly releases. It was directed by Dwayne Dunham, who we've seen before. Oh, we have met Dwayne. Yes, we've met Dwayne. Dwayne directed The 13th Year um, and and Halloween Town. And um, coming up, he will also have directed Right on Track, Tiger Cruise, and Now You See It. Wow. Yes. And he also directed Little Giants, which is not a decom, but still a good movie. And mm-hmm. we talked about this last time, but he um, also directed some Clone Wars episodes and he edited Return of the Jedi, which came up oh! last episode. Look at that space. Look at that. So this movie was written by John Wirick who also wrote Double Teamed, which is a okay. decom that we haven't watched yet. Which um, I haven't watched Double Teamed in a long time, but I can already tell you, Val, it's better than this movie. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, that's a low bar. He also, <laughs> the only other notable thing that John Weirich worked on was he wrote Step by Step, which was a 90s oh, okay. television show, maybe 80s. Yeah. I don't know, somewhere in there. I will just do the main cast because it's actually a longer list otherwise. So Chrissy Perez, who now goes by Crystal Poe on IMDb, played Corey Ortiz. Um, Jason Doring played Moody, and he's been in a decent amount of stuff. He was in iZombie, Veronica Mars, and most recently he was in some episodes of SEAL Team. Mm-hmm. Lillian Hurst played Lourdes Ortiz. I recognized her from Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was also Hugo's mom. Yes, she was also in the comeback, but she's been in lots of stuff. She's a character actor. John Brazier played Max Garris, the evil owner of all the other horses. Nestor Serrano played Hector Machado. Um, he's been in everything. Um, he's been in 24, 90210, Day After Tomorrow, Revenge, Secretariat, The Last Ship. I mean, he has literally been in 
one episode of like every show you could possibly think of in the last like 20 years. He probably makes a lot of money. Yeah, I'm sure he's done well for himself. Teresa Saldana played Sonia Ortiz, mom. And Lourdes was grandma, by the way. And Paul Rodriguez plays TJ. Uh, Sinbad plays Hollywood. And Rick Ducommon plays Cyclone. <laughs> um, the synopsis is a shorty, so hopefully it's mm-hmm. a goodie as well. Despite her mother's disapproval, a girl whose father died in a horse racing accident wants to be a jockey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. Yep. yep that doesn't spoil anything. <laughs> that doesn't. No, but it's clear. It's clear. So one thing I want to address, because we talked about this last week and I said okay. something that was incorrect. <gasps> so we love that. Thank you for thank you for acknowledging mistakes. Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. I'm I'm very uh, into acknowledging my errors. So um, this movie was filmed in New Zealand and I was like, what? Because <laughs> it's set in California. And I was like, OK, this is a pattern and I'm going to see how far back it goes. So I started looking up because last week we talked about how stepsister from planet weird was filmed in Australia and we couldn't figure mm-hmm. out why. And so I looked back at rip girls because I had said that rip girls was filmed in Hawaii. It was not, it was filmed in Australia. Whoa. Yeah. So as far as I can tell, these are the only three, at least up to now that were filmed in Australia or New they Zealand. They probably just stood there for a whole month and they were like, let's just jam these out. Yeah. But it still makes zero sense no to sense. me. Like it must've been, incredibly cheap to film there at the time. That's right. the only thing that like I can think of. Like tax or something. Yeah, because like, at the, you know, this was a while ago. Like it is possible that they just were trying to break into the film industry at that point and they were just mm-hmm. making it as financially attractive as humanly possible to film in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. So that is the only weird. explanation I can come up with because and it's so weird. And the fact that the last three don't really have any correlation of writing, directing, producing, anything no, like that, and that's, except for right, exactly. And that's what I was going to say. Like they, all of their directors have worked on movies that were not filmed in these locations as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird anomaly. It must have just been a cost saving thing. I can't think of another reason weird. why they would do that. Um, but yeah, anyway, I did look it up, though. Johnny Tsunami was, in fact, filmed in Hawaii. Okay. So that was filmed in Hawaii, but Rip Girls was filmed in Australia and made to look like Hawaii. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess good. Good Good for you. You look happy. If you look happy. You asked for it, Val. <laughs> I did. You asked for it. I did. Please sing constantly. Okay. Can do. <laughs> okay. Al, what were your first impressions? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Val. <laughs> um, so Val texted me, "Have you watched the movie yet?" And I said, "I'm seven minutes in." And then I sent a picture with my hand over my face because <laughs> what I thought was going to happen happened. Oh, you saw that coming? Uh it is my first note. Wow. It is my first note. Okay, so we're not going to spoiler spoiler until spoiler city right, of what right. happens. Um, but I when we get there, I can't wait to talk about how it's one of my least favorite things ever in a movie besides narration. <laughs> uh, mostly because it's horrifying. Okay. Um <laughs> I should also say I texted Al because I had just finished the movie and I was like, oh god. She's gonna- <laughs> You were probably wondering why I hadn't texted you, like, what literally, the fuck yes. yet. And it's because I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> Val will include the picture that I sent her when we post yep. on Instagram this week. So I don't, I, you know, I don't want to rate it that low. Like, I kind of want to just give it a five out of five. Like, okay. I'm pretty neutral. I'm yeah. pretty neutral about it. I think it wasn't fair. terrible. It wasn't great. It had good bones behind it. Yes. Um, I really liked Corey. I thought she was a great actress. Like she didn't seem overacted. She seemed really natural compared to some of our leads that we've seen. Agreed. Compared to Moody. Moody was a little extra, which I mean, that was the character. Yeah. I really liked Mr. Machado. Oh yeah. He's great. So I really liked the characters. It's just that one trope that we will Mm -hmm. talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, really. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm Mm-hmm. 
And we had a person of color as a lead. Yes, a whole family. Um, we haven't had we haven't had a Hispanic lead no. uh, or anything at this point right. in our the 18 movies we've watched. So that was really nice. Yeah. The majority of the leads in this movie are people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just was uh, someone who needed to take a pause, take a nap halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, Val, what were your first impressions? So I was, I don't know if I want to say excited for this movie, but like, I actually like a horse movie. So I was like, great, a horse movie. I These are reasonably formulaic, not in a bad way, just I enjoy a, a horse movie. And then the thing that we already talked about, but aren't divulging what it is, happened. And I was like, uh, that's not a real horse movie. Yeah. And, also, secretariat. and it was like completely unnecessary to yeah. me. They could have literally done the entire movie exactly the same without this. Without it. And it yeah. would have worked just as well. My favorite part about this is if anyone is listening right now and has not seen this movie and has no plans to watch it before listening to this, you're like, <laughs> what happens? And I love that. I, I love, love this. We're being mysterious. For yes. You. Yes. Enjoy the mystery. Enjoy the mystery. Because once you hear it, you can never go back. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so that was disappointing. Otherwise, it was it was fine. It was like a decent movie. Yeah. With like a good message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only other thing, the first thing that I wrote was like, this score sounds really familiar. Yes. And I looked it up and the same. So this was a score by Phil Marshall and Phil Marshall okay. is responsible for the following scores. Oh, all of them. Xenon, 13th Year, Johnny Tsunami, yep. Rip yep. Girls, yep. Miracle in yep. Lane 2, Stepsister yep. from Planet Weird, Ultimate Christmas yep. Present, Xenon the Sequel, yep. The yep. Jenny Project, Jumping Ship, Double Teamed, Ring of Endless Light, Right on Track, yep. and Pixel Perfect. Okay, talk about someone who's swimming in money due to residuals <laughs> right now. <laughs> like Swimming. Wow. Um, what's funny, actually, is my first thought, and I'm sure it's just because the horses, I was like, is this the is this the same score as Horse Sense? And ironically, mm. Phil Marshall did not do the score of Horse oh, that's Sense, funny. but did do Jumping Ship, which is interesting. Uh, for those who don't know, Jumping Ship is the sequel to Horse Sense, in case that was unclear. That's when Matthew Lawrence will come back. That's correct. Mm -hmm. As a different character than his cameo in Horse Great. Sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's double game. There's double game. Oh, games. yeah, totally. So, okay, that was pretty much it. I, I didn't ha hate it, but I got hung up on this trope that we'll talk about during Spoiler City. Al, any quotes or moments that stood out to you? I have two quotes. Okay. <laughs> Garrus. So Garrus is the evil guy. Mm -hmm. He's our cliche villain. Mm -hmm. The quote is, Garrus is going to have her destroyed. And I thought, what a weird way. <laughs> To talk about getting rid of a horse. <laughs> I know. Like she's a I wrote, fridge or something. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> My other quote was someone is saying, I think I can. I think I can. And then he goes, I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking. I'm canning. I'm canning. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really, really funny that and a really cute funny. time. Um. Oh God, I know it. All of the things that I want to say are after spoilers. It's okay. City. We'll just get, we'll get there faster. Okay, great. Val, do you need to go At one point in the, towards the beginning, the brother is talking with his mouth full and Corey goes, put a lid on the disposal, which I thought was cute. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I did find one. The brother, she walks in and he's wearing underwear on his head. Oh yeah. And. Cause he's um, pretending because to be he's a trying jockey. to be like a jockey. Yeah. And she, and. Uh, they said something to each other and she goes, says the boy who wears satin panties on his head. And he goes, the con ones pull my hair. Yeah. <laughs> that was so that funny. That was cute. That was yeah. my favorite line. Of that was very cute. They had a cute relationship. Then. It was like three minutes. Right. Um, yeah. Great relationship. Yeah. Brother, sister, cute relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, this was a sad thing, but I thought it was like, well put. So the, they're arguing about being a jockey and mom says, and look, they're talking about dad who died jockeying and uh she goes and look what being a jockey got him a nice headstone oh yeah that was rough mm -hmm. it was like well put you know like it was like a very like it was a zinger yeah uh there's at one point moody who's like the weirdo who comes to be the jockey for the, the horse who's also like a ex-rodeo clown um 
who's about four feet too tall to be a jockey 100 i mean there were so many logistical issues but whatever um someone says something about being a head case or they say the horse is a head case and then he goes no way my dad said i'm a head case yeah that was cute (laughs) and then so uh moody for some reason uh, talks like a surfer, even though he's a rodeo clown. And so he he calls everybody dude. And so he calls Corey dude. And she pulls a Gabby from Brink and she goes, first of all, I'm not a dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, girl, I'll get it. In reference to a heated exchange between two adults, Corey goes, friends shake hands and ask, how's the family? Not nice tie. Can I choke you with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cute. I really liked Corey. Yeah, she was great. And then again, Corey talking to Moody. Were you born this weird or did those circus elephants step on your head? (laughs) (laughs) And then at one point they're like getting in the car and they're like rushing and they're running late and they're cramming. And grandma's got all this food, which very much made me think of my mom. And (laughs) she just yells, I made handmade tortillas. (laughs) The the mom is like, they have restaurants in Santa Clarita. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> such a grandma thing to do such a grandma thing to do just like throw endless amounts of food in the car um okay that's it you want to go to spoiler city boy do i want to rip off my shirt and go to spoiler city and ride on <laughs> a horse right on up. into town rip it off rip take those silks off, off. Rip those riding off. silks um okay wow how <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Spoiler City, everybody. Um, This is where we do the synopsis of the movie for you. In my own words, with free commentary from Val when I forget (laughs) shit. (laughs) Okay. Opens up on a horse barn. Closes on a horse barn. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Okay. All right. So um, we open up on a horse race and we're seeing that a certain horse won't get into the the what they I think they called it the hole because I, I wrote won't go in the hole. Yeah, so it's like fun- the starting gate. But yeah, they, yeah, they- starting gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thunder Jam won't go into the starting gate. And then Corey, who is our lead, kind of like trots away. She's the person who's on another horse setting up the race horse. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone makes a comment. I think it's his name is Pete. Of like, why won't he hire you? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And so then the race starts and Thunder Jam doesn't go. So he just stays in the gate. The gate's open. He just stays there. And there was another horse that like fell halfway through. Thunder Jam finally goes. He doesn't come in last, but he's super far behind. Um, she asks Mr. Machado, who is the owner or like not the owner, but the owner of the horse can I jockey? And he was just straight up like, no. So the entire thing is she wants to be a jockey. Then Mr. Garris, the the evil guy, wants to put down his horse that fell. Um, that's where he says, get rid of her. Destroy her. <laughs> I'm going to have her destroy it. And so then that's kind of like the beginning of the movie where, you know, Thunder Jam is not doing well and the other horse is about to be put down or turned into, what did he say, dog food? Yeah, I think so. Then we come home with Corey after the race and we meet her brother, her abuela and her mom. And she talks to her family about the race and how she loves it. And we just like get this intro here. And she goes into her room and like looks at pictures of her dad. And this is where we kind of like allude to something of like her dad was a jockey and like that's why she's really interested in it it's also alluding to the fact that like he's not around anymore because of this Mm -hmm. and so she asked mom if she can become a jockey mom just straight up is just like no um we assume it's because of dad um which we then confirm later then that night she sneaks out to the barn to let the horse that is going to be put down the next day go so like all of the horses start like looking and then the horse goes in the in the field because it got let go and then all of the horses are little guys i don't even want to say that loud the horses start talking they start talking they start talking these horses they start talking Horses that are talking. There are talking horses in this movie. But only to her. Only Corey Kinnear. 
because she has a gift. Super magic powers. Powers? What powers? <laughs> so she hears them talking. She thinks she's going crazy. And then TJ, Thunder Jam, starts talking to her. Um, the next day, Mr. Machado knows what she did. So Mr. Machado figured out that like she let the horse go. And then we see a boy. We don't really know who it is yet, but we see this boy. And then this guy who is like... Like his agent or whatever, like trying to get him hired. Comes by to talk to Mr. Machado about the barn. And he says, hey, you need to get a new jockey. And Machado's like, no. And he's like, every trainer has a slump. And he's like, well, if you don't settle a winner soon, you're going to have to sell the barn. So basically we figured out that like... He hasn't had a winner in two years. He needs a new jockey. He needs like a better horse because they're just not doing well. So we find out that this boy, um, Moody, is a circus rider. So if you've ever been to the circus, it's the people who like stand and then they like lasso and they, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's basically what it is. And then the next like day of racing, they say, I wrote the confidence of horses and the special bond with horses because horses are confident. No, it's the, the confidence. Uh, you are in the confidence of horses. So like the the term is in Spanish and I don't want to butcher it. So I'm not going to say it, but it's the it translates to the oh, confidence right. of horses. And the, that so she was talking to her grandma at this. point. Yeah. And so and like the explanation is literally like you are now in their confidence, like they speak to you and you have to have mm-hmm. like done something to earn their trust. And so when she released the horse, that's mm. what like unlocked this special power. And it's implied that her dad had it as well. Yeah. So then we have the next race. We get the Garris versus Machado and TJ does like really bad so then after the race, he's like, this freaking horse. Yeah, Garris, Garris owns TJ, in case yeah. that's not clear. So Garris wants to get rid of, and he's like, I don't care. Like, literally, I'll even take a bag of peanuts for it. And Corey looks down, is holding a bag of peanuts, and is like, I'll take the horse. And he goes, great, you just overpaid, is what he said. <laughs> um, and so then she now has this racehorse. And so now she's like going to mom and she's like, please, mom, can I keep this horse? And mom's like, no. And she's like, please, please, please. And mom was finally like, yes, but if you ride it, I will, I will chop your head off. Um, Mostly (laughs) out of safety Mm -hmm. because she didn't want what happened. She didn't want what happened to dad to happen to Corey. Mm -hmm. So like, this is an obvious, like, I completely side with mom on this of like, also, it's not like the kid brought home a gerbil. <laughs> she brought home a horse. Yes. And horses cost thousands of dollars. Yes. yes. Thousands of dollars. But also so free horse. Yeah. But like, oof. but also Corey is like saving single dollars that she makes in hopes of buying a house. <laughs> that's something that's revealed early on that like her mom wants a custom build house. And I was wondering about that. I definitely missed a lot. Yeah. And she's like trying to save. Like, so she works obviously for the barn where Hector like owns the the barn. Hector Zeroni. And yeah. And so she makes money, you know, sort of being like an exerciser or whatever. Like she works out the horses and all that stuff. But she makes like, you know, cash, like a little bit of cash here and there. And she literally puts it in a box like it's going to be a down payment on a house. So, yeah, I wish that's how it worked. It is bizarre. Like, even, though have a house. He, even though he allows her to keep the horse there for free, it's still not like free to own a horse. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. No, it's OK. So mom finally gives in and is like, OK, you can keep the horse. Just don't ride it. Um, so then we find out like that she's the only one who can hear the horses. She develops this like friendship with TJ and is like, okay, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to, we're going to like get you good. And then they end up hiring Moody as the new jockey. So she's like mad about that, but is, you know, can't really do anything about it. And he's, you know, actually pretty fun. Mm -hmm. So TJ is stubborn. And initially at the beginning of this montage, he doesn't run out of the gates. So they're like trying to get him to like get in the habit of running out of the gates. He just stands there. They do everything. He throws Moody off. So then she takes him to like the pony circle and she kind of like there is like, well, you could do this or you could race. And he's like, okay, I'll race. Then we have another montage. Cause there's like 50 in this movie of trying to find the jockey new clothes. And it was kind of a fun scene, but I, he, they, he ended up in a red 
jockey uniform that has music notes on it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand the significance of the music notes. Because he always is listening to music. As he literally I said has headphones loud. on all the time. All the time. He's yellow headphones. This is going to be important, everyone. Yeah. Ready. <laughs> and I just want you to know, too, that, like, the horses are talking throughout this entire time. Yes. I don't like my And that's so. uh, also I sh- we, I wanted to say real quick the reason why TJ has trouble is be- Hector explains that it's because Garrus has like raced him in the wrong races and like made him a head case. And when they say head case like he's literally like freaked out like in his own head. And when you see him at the starting gate once you know they can all talk they're all like trash talking him like all the other horses are trash talking him and that's why he's like all freaked out and like won't ride so there yeah. he's like distracted by all the other horses and all the noise that they're making sorry go yeah ahead. no it's okay um important things that i'm just skipping right over so i can be <laughs> done with this synopsis. <laughs> um so then moody keeps calling her dude and he wears headphones and she's like why are you wearing headphones and he's like it's to feel with the horse you can feel their beat oh <laughs> and then we learn about the machado and garris rivalry so they had been working together as partners and then turned turned villains kind of like the dads and um alley cat strike and then he's uh, TJ's about to win this. What? Oh, uh, Garrus is the reason the dad died. Oh, I slept through that. Yeah. So like the falling out was because Garrus hid an injury from Hector until it was too late to pull the horse. And mm, Hector couldn't get off. to dad to tell him before it was too late. And the horse threw him and he died. Mm, OK, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Garrus is pretty evil. Yeah, care sucks. Okay, so so he's a so TJ's in a race. He's about to win, like li- literally about to win, and um the Garris horse like knocks TJ back, and then he hurts his leg, and so he doesn't win, and he gets hurt. So mom then ends up seeing Corey talk to TJ after the race. Mom kind of understands like, oh, my daughter has the same gift that my husband did. TJ then gets better. They heal him back to to health and <laughs> heal him back to health. <laughs> and then he starts winning. And then there's like this party in town for TJ and like the barn and they're all dancing. And then um, at some point in here, the mom in Machado's truly I fuck for like <laughs> several minutes. Um, and then they finally have like some kind of like, they finally touch at this point yeah. at this dancing, they're like dancing and they're like flirting and like talk about almost kissing you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, so then the guy who's in charge of all the races or um, the guy who technically owns. I don't know the who he was to be a totally some honest. random <laughs> fucking old guy with money <laughs> was like oh uh by the way i entered tj in this really really big race so think like kentucky derby but in australia um, but they were in california yeah california they were in california in california and so like this big race where you could win like hundreds of thousands of dollars if you win the race so they're like oh yeah that's cool but like it's next week um or it's like, it's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, yeah, no, we can do it. And then Garrus comes by and then goes into the barn. While he goes into the barn, she tells Moody, the jockey, that she can talk to horses, that she can like talk to them. So they're like talking about that. And then there's a fire in the barn because Garrus went in there to go see TJ and be like, hey, remember me? And then his cigar fell on the ground and the barn gets set on fire. Um, Moody runs in to save the horses, but like going in to help, he burns his hands. And so he's out for the race, which then I realize is the next day. It's tomorrow because <laughs> I wrote race tomorrow. And so they, what do they do? But ask Corey to be the jockey because they have no one else. Mm-hmm. And I have a quote of better than her father. So they like did a test and they're like, wow, she's actually really good. And I think it's really funny because we've never really seen her race this entire movie. That's and apparently she's just really fucking good. Yeah. Um, mom's mom says no at first. She's like, nope, 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 nope. And then she's like, okay, yes. And then she gave Corey her dad's jockey uniform, which mm. was really cute. And then Val... I don't know where this happened and you didn't interrupt. So I don't know where it happened. So I'm going to say this and you're going to have to be like, Oh, it happened here. So as they're going to line up for the race, they tell Corey and TJ, 
that TJ cannot wear headphones oh, while running so, the race. Okay, we when forgot- I tried to look back for it, but I come, I like looked, and I I do not see the first time they put headphones on TJ. Oh, it was literally the first time that Moody rode him in a race. I like scrolled back and I didn't see any headphones anywhere. So I was so confused. Yeah. So this entire time when Moody gets him, he's wearing headphones so he can get out of his own head and into like rock music. So he also wears headphones. So when we have the montage of him winning, all of his fans are wearing these like bright yellow headphones with ears on them. Like it's a whole thing. Right. So when this happened, I was like, I am so confused. Yeah. So this, this is why I brought up that he was so freaked out by all the other horses yelling at him Yeah, because that's why I was surprised you didn't like add it in there earlier. Yeah. I just thought you were going to say it at some point. I just, I kind of forgot that you did not know when it happened. Yeah. So anyway, like, like we said, Moody is always wearing these yellow headphones. He always has his disc man with him. And in the first race that Moody was jockeying, Corey is there because she like takes the horse into the gate Mm. and he's like, TJ's like freaking out and she can tell he's not going to run. And so she just like kind of out of desperation, just like grabs the headphones and puts them on the horse. And by the way, obviously does not put them where his ears are, but whatever. So (laughs) it's like an Arthur moment. That's very Arthur. It's very Arthur. That's exactly what I thought of too. So he's like, oh, and then all of a sudden he can't hear like Sinbad and the other horses yelling at him. So it, like he there's just, your spoiler. Sinbad is one of the horses. Right. Sinbad is one of the horses, which, by the way, we didn't even talk about like Sinbad was a big star at this point already. Like he'd already had his own show. <laughs> so the fact that he's in this movie as like a someone too famous for a TV movie. Yeah. As like a secondary talking horse is hilarious yeah. to me. Yeah. But anyway, so the entire time that TJ has been winning, it's because he's been wearing these headphones and he's been able to block out all the like trash talking that has been happening from the other horses. And then Garrus, it's it's almost exactly what happened in Miracle in Lane 2. Garrus finds an obscure rule where that's meant for like you're not allowed to shock a horse to make it go faster but it's any elect like the language of the rule is like any electronic device cannot be used to enhance the horse's like speed or something like that yeah so they're like well can't wear the headphones so he's got to go without them so they're all freaking out yeah at this point so they start the race is started and he's doing really bad he's doing really bad because he's like and moody's like I got this. He runs up, gets into the audio booth where the guy is like, number one is running anything. We got number 14. <laughs> and he just takes over the sound and plays rock music. And you know what that does? That sure shit shocks TJ right into doing good. Goes really fast. What does he do? Oh, he wins the race. <laughs> he wins that damn race, Val. Hundreds and thousands of millions of dollars. And happy ever after, Corey gets to build a house. Yeah. So because the horse won so much money, she actually can buy a house. And they rebuilt the barn. And now it's the Machado and Ortiz barn. Yeah. And their house is literally next to the barn. Yeah. Like smells like shit, I bet. Okay. (laughs) Yep. That was a little messy. Sorry, guys. No, it was great. Um... Yeah, the talking horses. I literally wrote, oh, my God, the horses are talking. My first note, I swear if these horses start talking. (laughs) So that was early on because that was my first note. And then my second note is the he's going to have her destroyed. And then my third note is the panties on the head. So it had to have been right at the beginning. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I think I was I speaking of Frankie Muniz. I think I was influenced by racing stripes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I did not see it coming. I should have, but I did not see it coming. <laughs> I'm um, surprised for you, though. Yeah. I just, you know, I was expecting a horse movie. I was expecting another Secretariat, and I got this. Nope. And, <laughs> and I got this. <laughs> and it, like, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say, like, sure, you would obviously not have some of the back and forth between the horses and between TJ and Corey. And I will to to Chrissy Perez's or Crystal Poe, whatever she goes by, is credit the the girl who played Corey. 
she did a great job talking to a horse, you yeah. know, and making it feel real. So that was, it wasn't like it, it was bad because like she, it wasn't executed well. It was just not necessary. Like you can have a horse be in its head and have a person who has a deep connection to that horse help it get out of its head. You could have even still done the music thing. Like everything else right. could have still happened exactly the same way. And you wouldn't have needed it the to be talking horses. Yeah. You could have even had her have like a magical level connection to the horses. Like she could have like yeah. sensed, you know, like things about the horse, like kind of the way she knows that the fire is happening. Like she just sort of knows it. Like, it's not like she literally hears TJ screaming. Um, <gasps> and like, yeah. <laughs> right. But like, it could have been more like that, like where she just kind of knew what they were thinking yeah. and stuff like that. And it's, horse sense. Yeah. And it's, yes, she could have had actual horse sense. So like, I don't know, it just felt unnecessary to me, but I will say all of the acting is good in this movie. Yeah. I also liked that Moody and Corey have a 100% platonic relationship. And also that if they were going to have another idiot, like surfer talking dude, that he was actually quite insightful compared to what's his face from last week? Cutter. Cutter compared to Cutter. Like he was sort of at one point, I can't, I didn't write it down exactly what he said, but he was like talking to her about some kind of feeling she was having or something. And, and he was very like insightful and, and like listening to her and like very respectful. Um, and I really appreciated that. And then at the end when they like win and they're all hugging, I'm like, please don't do the almost kiss. Please don't do the almost kiss. And I was so thankful that they just hugged and then they moved on and hugged other people. And I yeah. was just like, great. They're just, friends. yeah, we this needed great. the only, the only almost kiss to come from Machado and mom. Right. Right. And that was like a solid relationship. Like you know, I very believable, like they'd probably been friends for years and mm -hmm. like he'd probably been pining for her for like forever. And like he right. clearly out of respect for his best friend who was her husband, like waited a really right. long time. Like everything else in this movie, aside from the talking horses, feels very like authentic, very yes. like, true to life, uh, which is why I think the talking horses feel so out of place in this movie. Yeah. Okay, I think that's all I've got to say. Do you have anything else to say? The only other thing I wanted to say is talking animals, not in cartoons, because this is not a cartoon, is one of my like biggest fears. So not a big fan of Babe then? No. This is a little bit better because their mouths aren't moving to the, the like the words. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's just kind of like they're just there and they did ADR over it. Right. But it started when we watched Animal Farm oh. in, in high school. And it was horrifying to me watching pigs have human mouth movements to talk. <laughs> and so anytime like like or even like snow buddies, like if the golden retrievers are like talking like oh. your mouth is not supposed to move that way. Yeah. Baby geniuses. Oh. Like, no, please don't. It's kind of like the, the um, aliens thing we were talking about last week yeah. of like, we conceptualize aliens to look like humans and we're conceptualizing right. we're these horses yeah. to talk like humans. Right. So when they're, I really, really hate. We're anthropomorphizing animals. Yeah. Does not count for cartoons because it's a cartoon. I also know that this is not real, but I don't care. I, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That was one thing. That's kind of mostly why I gave it a five. Cause I just, I don't, I don't do talking animals there. I do not. Um, yeah. Everything else. <sighs> no. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm ready to move on. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Welcome to bingo horse, bingo horse, horse, bingo horse, bingo horse, horse, bingo. Great. Um, we're going to play bingo to my two, two of our new followers. If you're listening to this, my neighbors, oh. who I told about my podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hello. Um, <laughs> you can find our bingo card on our Instagram or our uh, website, the trinanower.com slash the commentaries hyphen pod. That's great. Download. Great. Val, do you want to start? Sure. One hit wonder song. So I tried multiple times to Shazam the songs that were playing during the montages and none of them registered on Shazam. They don't exist. So the limit does not exist. Well, so I'm wondering if it's kind of a similar thing to last 
last movie where it was like an Australian singer and maybe like these are mm. even lesser known where like they didn't even make it onto the internet. Yeah. So I'm comfortable saying yes, because they're not hits besides being in this movie. Yeah, I love that. Great. Breaking the fourth wall or looking into the camera? Nope. Not today. Holiday themed. No. Horse. Horse, Horse day. Holiday. Horse day. <laughs> no. You always Horses don't count words, as a holiday. And I never do. And it, <laughs> I always feel dumb. But it's dumb. fun. We have fun, you know? <laughs> we have so much fun. Don't worry about it. It's so fun. <laughs> Clunky metaphor. Honestly, is sometimes it's the movies that feel like they should be like one giant metaphor where I can't really like place it. Like the message. This movie was just so like barfed on you that like it's not like clunky and it's not like there's not really a metaphor. Like, yeah, I guess block out. you know the noise of like people saying nasty things about you and like thinking less of you and whatever but that's so literal like it's not even really a metaphor it's like literally playing music over the like trash talk so yeah i i don't know i'd say no okay uh parents who just don't get it yeah i'd say yeah Yeah. at least for the first three quarters of the movie yeah yeah mom's definitely not into the jockeying yeah. Cool non-parent adult. Abuela? Hector? And Machado. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hector's a delight. And he does... I really liked his relationship with Corey because he... Really supports her. Yeah, and he treats her like a like a peer, but not in like a yeah. weird way. Like, just... Mm-hmm. He, like, takes her seriously. He respects her. He listens to her. Like, the scene where they're sort of, like, planning for the race the next day and, like, they're staying up late and the mom brings them coffee. It's, you know, she sort of even comments, like, this is very much like when he would do this with your dad. And he, like, treats her like he probably did her dad. You know, like, it's not like, oh, you're a little girl. What do you know? It's like, no, she's, she knows what she's talking about. I like that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Sweet. Someone too famous for a TV movie. Sinbad. Sinbad. Why is Sinbad? Sinbad is like horse number three in this movie. (laughs) I don't know. I literally don't know. No comment. Competition to resolve central problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Mm -hmm. Because she finally gets her wish. Yep. A montage sequence. Like 80. (laughs) The whole movie's a montage. So many montages. (laughs) Oh. cliche villains oh yeah garris. garris very cliche hardcore you know gone gone unless you live hardcore <laughs> getting in all the singing from the last <laughs> like month i know you missed it <laughs> um closer items that you owned uh i'm pretty sure i had the denim vest that she is wearing towards the end of the movie oh done i don't even care if you didn't have it but the fact that you had something close to that yeah i'm almost positive i definitely had some vests some vest action uh rotten tomatoes 40 to 60 for our two new friends let's see (laughs) so val gets to guess what the rotten tomatoes score is if she's within five on either side she gets a point but if we get between 40 and 60 we get the box Mm -hmm. um val's points are made up and they don't matter right it's just so i can feel good about myself for being Mm -hmm. right uh god i uh, so stepsister from planet weird was like 30 something so uh, this can't be more than that i'm gonna say 37 50 farts really (laughs) farts Farts. wow so this one is like 15 percentage points better rated than stepsister from planet weird oh yeah I don't that is but the the audience the audience score was like 54 and the stepsister from planet weird weird audience was like 73 oh yeah people are weird man okay people are from 
step or step from planet weird planet ready to run <laughs> okay happy to happily ever after uh i I'd would say, say so. so yes they get the house almost fucking i'm sorry almost <laughs> kissing <laughs> yep yo yeah ding 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 uh someone who became famous i think we can count the guy who played moody he's had a pretty big yeah, career veronica mars right after it. he was yeah. pretty big yeah um, and then, he's still and working we, yeah and i always love when we do when we have a sub- substantial amount of character actors that become successful yeah yeah we have i mean uh the guy the guy who played hector uh, was also in everything in and then everything. grandma yeah grandma too lost yeah for sure betraying of one's real friends or values nope not today nope your childhood crush no i think if i had seen this movie movie would have been my crush but i don't think i saw this movie yeah he's definitely cute but i had never yeah seen he's a cute movie. guy yeah obviously bad special effects or stunts I mean, honestly, they did this thing where they were like showing off the rodeo clown stuff and they boldly were on his face the entire time. And I was like, is that him? Like it it wasn't this like blatant uh, stand in. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think they were obviously bad today. I think they did really good. Yeah, I think they did good, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got our DCOM stars, Eric Von Denton, Kirsten Storms, Ryan Merriman, Kimberly J. Brown, or any Lawrence brother. That's a big no-no. No, no. no. <sighs> Musical number. <laughs> Alas, no. They do have a DJ number at the end. Does that count? They do. The most horrifying DJ number of all time. I don't know. Do you want to count it? <laughs> okay. Do you take that as a yes? <laughs> we can like half mark it. Can we put a little horse guy there? A little horse guy. What is a little, yeah, a little horse guy? Like, um, like how we did the uh, the pumpkin on Halloween. Oh, like a, a horse? horse, or like a guy who rides horses. What do you mean by horse guy? Little horse guy. <laughs> little little horse boy. Okay, a little okay. horse. Boy. You can choose. Okay, <laughs> great. Okay, we'll put a horse there. Okay, we will. Okay, uh, magic. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Flipping talking horses. Fork farts. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. <laughs> um, someone says the title of the movie. Uh, yeah. Moody said it and it was in one of the songs. Oh yeah, that song. Was that song uh-huh. written for this movie? Probably. <laughs> I Sad. forgot about that song. Yeah. I think yeah, I had marked it because of the song, and then Moody did say it. Yeah, okay, all right, fair. Um, Scooby Dude, uh, kind of. I mean, I guess the headphones are kind of a Scooby Doo, like they sort of solve, yeah, the problem themselves. Like Corey figures it out. Well, yeah, I think definitely like she figures it out because she could talk to them. So right. The heroes create the problem. No. I don't think she created the problem. No, definitely not. The evil guy no. created all the problems. Yeah. Uh, lead is a fish out of water. No. She's no. She's very much in water. She's very wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Val! Yes! Two bingos today! <gasps> wow! Two Two bingos, the second two lines. Cool non-parent adult, someone too famous for a TV movie, competition to resolve central problem, a montage sequence, and cliche villains is our first one. Second one is clothes or items you own, Rotten Tomatoes 40 to 60, happily ever after, almost fucking, and someone became famous. <laughs> wow. Ready to two run. Re- <gasps> Ready to bingo. Run. <laughs> Ready to bingo. <laughs> oh my gosh wow we did we it, did it. we, did we it. haven't gotten one in a while i know we earned this one just a reminder to everyone who said we never would get bingo <laughs> which was this who? one's for you, you? <laughs> Shh. 
<laughs> Allie literally because we like, went like six movies while getting in. We were like, oh my god, we're never get it. <laughs> and then that one time we got four. <laughs> um, great. Well, that's exciting. You got a game for us, Al? I do, Val. We're gonna play some ad libs today. Okay, great. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Um, so this game is. Uh, we'll hear the title after we play our ad libs. Okay. All right, Val, can I get a letter that starts with V? Victor. An adjective. Flighty. Your favorite outdoor activity. Mm, Sailing. A word that starts with L. Love. A title. Like Mr. Or like, okay. Um, But it can be any title. Esquire. You liked that one. (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) A food. Donut hole. (laughs) Ellie's face. And a word that starts with A. Um, Arcadia. (laughs) No. Nope, too late. Okay, that's lame. Welcome to Val's Three Horses. (laughs) Val just created three new horses for us. What? Okay. Um, so horses have really funny names. They do. Like Thunderjack and Cantaloupe. So Val uh, just ad-libbed some horse names, and these are Val's three horses. <laughs> Val's, Val's first horse is Flighty Donut Hole. <laughs> yep. Val's second horse name is Sailing Esquire. (laughs) I like that one. I like that one. (laughs) And Val's third horse is Victor Arcadia Love. (laughs) That sounds like a real person. It does. (laughs) Thanks for playing Val's Three Horses. I love my horses. So, Val, did you hear that your third horse, the Victor Arcadia Love, is V-A-L? Oh. Stumped you there. Stumped you there. You got me. You (laughs) got me. (laughs) If you take away its first letter, it's A-L. Victor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you meant take the V. And you get my name. We're so tired. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. All right, Val. I think it's time to go. It's time to go. I'm turning into a pumpkin. Okay. Bye, Val. (laughs) I can't. I can't. Oh my god. That'd be so funny if we had to do that. (laughs) Bye, Val. I can't. Oh my god, wait. Uh next uh, week. Wait. <laughs> wait, wait. We're wait. watching <laughs> next week. Next week we're watching Quince. Next week we're watching Quince. Uh with with Kimberly. Shout J. out to Brown. Trent Dozier. Yeah, <laughs> Trent Dozier who loves Quince. It's his favorite. Um <laughs> and uh we hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Bye Val. Bye, Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash decommentaries hyphen pod. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at decommentaries. Decommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Allie.